for National Day of Giving. And we're talking about hope worldwide, but I think there's, um, um, there's, there's some thoughts that I've had over the last uh, couple of weeks about uh, just, I can look at things, and uh, as I look to next year, and I think about there's some things, that are, there are some uncertainties uh, that, that, uh, that I see. Anybody going through any uncertainties in their life? And, uh, you know, and so... So it's really just made me think about, it's like, wow, you know, how do we respond when there are uncertainties in our, in our lives, you know? And um, I think about some of the regional ministry things that are going on. There's certain uncertainties, and we're waiting to see that. I think about some of the, uh, you know, we were having some challenges with our, uh, our sound equipment. You know, we can't leave anything in the school anymore. You know, no Kingdom Kids supplies, they, uh, you know... Uh, so it's kind of like, okay, well, that's well, where does that put us in our relationship, you know, with, with the school? And we're, we're still going to be here. That's the plan. We got to re-sign a new agreement by the end of the month uh, to come back here in January. Um, but you know what I mean? It's just those uncertainties, you know. Um, I know that uh, you know there's been a, a, a strong uh, um, uh, opinion or input about, hey, you know, what we we really need a full-time minister, you know. And it's like, yeah, it's like, wait, what does that look like? You know, and how is that going to affect us? Because how are we going to afford Whitney High School and have a full-time minister? You know what I mean? There's certain uncertainties. You know, and, and, and what about the Spanish ministry? There's certain uncertain, how, you know, make sure their needs are being met. You know, and, uh, and you can have different, you know, um, just personal uncertainties. You know, uh, Dawn's been applying to different new positions at her, um, at her job. And, uh, and, you know, and certain doors get closed. And we're like, thank you, God, for closing the door. You made it obvious. At the same time, it's like, uh, is there an open door? <laughs> Can you open one up? You know? And, uh, you know, there's certain uncertainties, you know. And, um, and uh, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, if you can put that up there, Amir. Um, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Um, we talk, it talks about um, hope... Uh, Hope deferred makes a heart sick, right? Okay, let me just read it up there. Okay, it says, A hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Is that true? Amen. You know, and uh, you, know, you can hope for stuff, and it doesn't happen, and you start waning. It makes the heart sick. You know, but a longing fulfilled, that's what you're hoping for, a longing fulfilled. It's a tree of life. You just fire it up. And um, there's, there's, I, I want to entitle this, um, this sermon called uh, Hope When God is Silent. Hope When God is Silent. Because there's a pattern in, um, in the Bible that, uh, that I really want us to understand. And, um, and, uh, and, um, there's a pattern because, um, you know, there, there is a, a spiritual formation, right, and how we develop spiritually in our faith. And, um, you know, when you have faith and you come to understand the Word of God more, the Bible says that He opens up the eyes of your heart. You know, and you start seeing things that aren't there, you know, but you're seeing them. You guys know what I'm talking about? When you see God working, you know, you don't physically see it, but you see what He's doing. And there is a pattern in the Bible, that, that you see how God works. And that pattern is there's trouble, there's silence from God, and then there's deliverance. 
And uh, let's look on over to Mark chapter 15. And there's different examples of this in Mark chapter 15. In verse 33 to 39. Um, and let's look at uh, Jesus on the, um, on the cross. And you can look at this as a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday thing. Okay, trouble, silence, and then deliverance. In Mark chapter 15, it, it, verse 33, it says, At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at that ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near, near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two uh, from top to bottom. And then and, uh, when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. And, um, you know, um, Jesus experienced this, you know, because he says, right, he, he goes through trouble, right? They capture him. He's being uh, crucified. And that's his trouble. And, and then what happens is that he goes on and says, he calls out to his father, to his God. He said, Father, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, I, I know I was really impacted in the Spanish version of this. When it said, uh, you know, mi Dios, mi Dios, por qué me has olvidado? That's like, wow, that's like, why would you forget about me? Why are you silent? Right? And, and he goes into this period of silence, and, and, and that happens in our lives. You know, we go through trouble, and then he leads us through a time where God is just silent. You're praying about stuff, and it's, he's not answering. You know, and, and, and we're all waiting for Sunday. Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the deliverance, the greatest day of all, right? Resurrection Sunday, Jesus. You know, and it's just this, this pattern that God uses uh, spiritually speaking, you know, I think about, uh, and you see it in different, in different uh, ways. Look on over to Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. But you think about um, when Ruth, um, when the Jews were going to be annihilated, Ruth, right, there's trouble, right? What does Ruth do? She fasts for three days. And on the third day, she goes to the king and she gets the, she gets the deliverance. You know, there's just a pattern. You start seeing it in the Old Testament of this, these and it's not so much the pattern of three days, but it's the pattern of there's trouble, God is silent, and then he delivers you. You know, you think about Jonah, you know, so it made me think about, it's like, oh, there's trouble, doesn't want to do it, throws him in the whale, silence. Three days later, there's deliverance of that. You know, in Hosea chapter 6, does this make sense to you guys? Hosea chapter 6, and you can get a glimpse of this in uh, verse 1 through 3. It says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us 
Press on to acknowledge him as surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. You know, this concept wasn't foreign in the Old Testament. You know, and I really want us to come to understand. Because there's certain things that we need to be doing when God is silent. We need to be waiting on the Lord. This says, you know, you acknowledge him. And everything that you're doing, you're doing it with God during that time. You know, like Jesus, when, when God was, he was asked, Jesus was asking God the difficult question. Wasn't that a difficult question? Aren't the only questions that, you know, you can ask somebody, they're not going to be able to answer it. The difficult questions, you have to ask God. You know, and, and you think about, like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, and you even think about what the disciples were going through. Jesus gets crucified. Uh, you know, this happens on a Friday. Well, then what happens Saturday before Sunday? Sunday was the resurrection. What happened on that Saturday? As if nothing happened. You know, what were the disciples going through when God was silent? You know, and, and we can look at, at our lives and, um, and, and really reflect on the times of uncertainty. And it just gives me a confidence that when God is silent, that's part of the process. Yes, you know, and it made me think about just, um, you know, because when you're going through it and, and you really, when you're not seeing God, hearing him respond, it's, it's really troubling times, isn't it? Doesn't it, you know, you feel like that? It's just, there's confusion and... Uh, but if, and if we don't wait on the Lord and we're just looking at that, uh, you know, we get really thrown off spiritually, you know. And, um, and there is, and God uses a process. I know uh, um, one of, uh, uh, and, and I can reflect this in my own life, the times when I've been unemployed. And, um, and, and even I have a family member that's going through, he's been unemployed for about six, seven months now. And, um, you know, he's, you know, of course you're unemployed, you're, you're fired up, you know, you go, you're looking, you're looking, but there's no answer. You know, and God is silent, you know, and you're going through these periods of times and and then, you know, you start, you know, God kind of works where you start having to reflect on your own life. You know, and just recently he said, you know what, I see how I've not been waiting on the Lord or being patient. And he's seen the spiritual lesson that God was teaching him. You know, and so now he's searching and looking for with a very different heart and a very different spirit. You know, a surrendered spirit. You know, the only, they say that the only willpower that doesn't uh, get weak, you know, all, 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 all willpower gets weakened, right? That's why it, it, you can't get to heaven on your own self-power, you know, your own willpower. But the only willpower that never gets tired is surrender. You know, and God, you know, he got to a place where you just, you, you are now just surrendered and you watch God work. You know, I think about just times when, uh, you know, our adoption process, you know, trying to adopt our two foster kids and like, Lord, like, don't you see what we're doing? What we're trying to do? We're trying to be good. We're trying to be loving, you know, and just the not 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 seeing the response that I want when God is silent. It was it was troubling. You know, but six months later, I went to, you know, you go through a process and you're like, wow, you know what? I saw all the ways that God worked through that silence 
And, and, you know, and, and not only was I delivered, but my marriage and my family was delivered from some patterns in, in our lives that we really were not, they weren't uh, what God wanted them to be in our lives. And so, um, and so it's so important to know that it's like, you know, when, when God is silent, we need to be wait, um, you wait upon the Lord. You know, um, I've asked um, Eileen uh, Chow and uh, Dawn to come up and share. And um, so I want them to, to, to just share some of their experience um, and some of their hope with you guys to be able to encourage you guys, okay? So let's go ahead and give them our, our attention, and uh, let's bring up Eileen, and then uh, we'll go ahead, and then Don will be able to share. All right. I love our women's ministry. You know, we have such empowered women, and I really appreciate, you know, Eileen and Don's sharing. Um, you know, sometimes for me, it's, it's, it becomes challenging to carry a sermon for 40 minutes or 30 minutes. And uh, I'm grateful to know that I can tap on some shoulders and be able to have such spiritual men and women to come up and share. Um, you know, let me finish this off. You know, there are three responses that you could have during times of trouble. Uh, one is despair. And you could always stay on a Friday, right, on the troubling times. You know, Paul would have to defend himself. It says, you know, because some didn't believe that there was a resurrection, you know, uh, and we can have that same viewpoint that, you know, we're, everything's always trouble. You know, another uh, response that we can have to trouble is that we can go into denial. And, um, you know, we can, uh, even Paul in uh, 2 Timothy 2, verse 18, I'll just, I'll read it to you guys. It says, uh, who have wandered away from the truth, it says, they say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. And, um, you know, for them, the resurrection was some, just an event that happened and stuff, but it wasn't a day-to-day, -day, right? We get to live that out, you know, and um, we, could, we can go into denial. Um, and then the third option is that, you know, for us to wait on the Lord, for us to, um, you know, to, uh, to, to hold on to his promises. You know, uh, look on over to Psalm 147, verse 11. Psalm 147. In verse 11, it says there, um, the Lord uh, delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. You know, the, um, the New American Standard Version of this, of this says, you know, the Lord favors those who fear him, those who wait for his loving kindness. And I love the connection that it, it, that it makes that biblical hope is to wait on the Lord's promises. You know, and it's based on that. Sometimes we, we get confused with uh, wishful thinking and biblical hope. You know, and, um, and we got to make sure that we really study, you know, out the scriptures that we have our hope based on the right things. And it's not just, you know, wishful thinking. And so I want to give you three practicals for you guys to, um, to consider for this week. Uh, one is, um, look on over to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6. Three practicals, First um, Samuel 30, verse 6. I was really uh, encouraged by David. And um, what happened here is that uh, David's, this is the, the story where um, they get uh, their camp raid. I think the men are out in some battle. Um, you know, there's a raid on their camp. And then basically all of the wives, the children, you know, they, they take everything away, you know, um, from them. And so in verse 6, it says, uh, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him, right? And uh, so now the, the people are turning on him. I mean, he's lost his wife, his kids, 
you know, the, the, his, his uh, partners now, each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. You know, and if you look at um, like the King James Version, it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, and I think that's, isn't that a great practical for us to go and encourage ourselves in the Lord? To be able to spend some additional time in the Word. Or you know what, when, the, when you wake, wake up, you know, it's like, you know what, I'm going to go and, and go on my, my prayer walk with God at the park. You know, and you've got to find a way for yourself to, to be encouraged, to find some encouragement in the Lord. You know, that puts it on you. That's not waiting on somebody else. You know, and, and, and um, you know, the thing about David was that, uh, you know, when we look at sin, um, sin never has its filled, right? Um, and, and there's a part of us in us that we always are the desire, you know, desire for sin. You know, uh, you'll never sin enough and then you're satisfied. That's never going to happen. You're always going to sin, and you're going to want some more. And then you want to, that's not enough, so I've got to do, i got to take it higher. Right? And so it's always trying to do something. And there's this thing called desire, you know, the, the, the sinful desires of our heart. You know, and, um, and so we can look at that, but what happens is that that's by God's design in terms of that we have desire. But what we are meant to, to uh, so desire is not meant, you know, it's never going to be fulfilled. Okay, um, and so the only desire, and God's by design, God wants us to desire Him. Because God is unlimited. He's infinite. He'll always provide. Always, always. You can't spend enough time with Him, draw near to Him. You'll ne- you know, and He's there to continuously give and give and give to you. And our Father wants to encourage us. But we got to go and draw near to him so that we will be like David and be and find some encouragement. Um, uh, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. Uh, the second practical uh, that I like to give to you guys, I learned a new term this week, which I think has been around. But I, 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 I this is the first time I heard it this week. I said, uh, Matthew, where are you going, son? It's like, oh, I'm going to a friend's giving. I go, a friend's giving. That's cool. What is that? It's like, oh, it's where, you know, you choose a friend and you, you bring them a card and that day. It's like, you know, it's the Thanksgiving thing, but you choose a friend and stuff. I go, that's cool. Then last, you know, I'm hearing this, the singles in one of the other uh, uh, ministries of our region. And they say like, oh, yeah, we want to do a friend's giving. I'm thinking, wow, this is like, is this like, why, why am I so clueless on this friend's giving? What a cool cause. Huh? It's new? Oh, it's a millennial. That's why. Okay, that explains it. Okay, it's a millennial thing. Okay. But you know what? I think, why don't, why don't you do a Friendsgiving time? You know, whether you decide to do that as a small group and you guys choose. And I know we went over to the Chow's and the Crumpler's house, uh, this, uh, on the Chow's house for Thanksgiving meal. It was a great time of just Friendsgiving. You know, I hung out with Larry and Latrice he had last night on a double date. It felt like we were singles again, like the double date thing, you know. We had a great time. It was a Friendsgiving thing. And, um, you know, but, but want it, want it, that's a great practical. You know, put that. You know, let's, do, let's have a great Thanksgiving and let's have a great Friendsgiving. 
You know, the third practical I want to give to you is that, you know, I really want you to study out just what biblical hope means. You know, and, um, and because you're going to start seeing a pattern that the pattern for hope is salvation. That and that and that as, as the scriptures talk about hope and waiting for Jesus and we'll hope on the day he's revealed or we're revealed. And it says the pattern is we're hoping. And so do good. Be devoted. Purify yourselves. And I want to give you four scriptures for you to, you know, maybe go over this week to study out. The first one is first Peter, chapter one. Verse 13 through 16, you know, it talks about setting hope uh, on grace. And um, Titus chapter 3, verse 7 through 8, Titus 3, 7 through 8. Then Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. And then 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. And just look at the pattern. Look what it's, look, look what it's talking about. Did you guys, okay, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 to 3. And just really study it out. Study out these scriptures, you know, and let God just, uh, um, you, know, uh, you, know, you know, develop some, some, some uh, just deeper and greater convictions. Amen? All right, guys, you guys encouraged, identified? Amen. Guys, let's have, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, guys, it's been great to be able to worship with you guys this morning. Let's go ahead and say a word of prayer. Um, I forgot to make one announcement. There is a leaders meeting that uh, I, I didn't want to have, but I think we need to have. So it's going to start at 12, okay? And I'll try to make it as brief as possible, but of course that never works. Amen. So let's pray. All right, let's pray, guys. Uh, Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you, God, so much for today, God, just to be able to focus on hope, God. And um, Father, uh, thank you so much for the hope that we have, God. Um, thank you so much that, God, that even when you're silent, Father, um, there are things to, to, that, that, that you're with us. And that, Father, that you're working on our spirit and our hearts, God. You're working on our convictions, Lord. And, uh, Father, I just thank you um, that, Father, that uh, for our fellowship, our family, God, we're, we're all here because of you, God. And you chose us out of this world, and you've given us grace, and you've shown us mercy, God. And, um, Father, just thank you. Thank you that we're all... Um, Spanish and English speaking God and just all sorts of um, God international uh, ministry God and Father we pray that this week that that God that you would um, fill us up with more and more hope God help us to come to newer and deeper understandings Father help us to be thankful Father um, God for things that Father we haven't really been uh, acknowledging Um, Father uh, we're always amazed that Jesus gave thanks on the night that he was betrayed Father help us to understand how is that how could how can he give thanks on the night that he was betrayed Father, help us to really understand that heart and that mind. Your scripture says to give thanks in everything. Father, so I pray that you'll take us deeper in, in, our, in our faith, God, this week. And that, Father, we're filled with hope and good things, God. Thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. You guys are dismissed. Thank you.